Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but I might have to pump some extra horsepower into this to get my words out today. My uh, two-year-old nephew got me sick over Thanksgiving, and I brought it home. Hopefully, I'm not going to share it with anybody else today. Uh, I do want to uh, share how my week is going so far. Um, It was a joy to celebrate Thanksgiving with family, but because I was sick, we had to cut our trip a day short and take my kids away from their cousins and grandma and grandpa and come home early. I also had a conversation, a difficult conversation with a close friend about the death of someone close to them, and I was running a 101 degree fever two nights ago. And so I had some cognitive dissonance in preparing for the sermon where I hear about how Christ is Lord and, and how we should celebrate and rejoice in all things, how we should have confidence and trust in Him. Now, my week wasn't that bad, honestly. But I was getting kind of down and mopey and, and kind of grouchy, thinking, why is this all going on on Thanksgiving? You know, I want to have fun. I get to see my brother and my sisters, get to see my parents and my grandmother, my Kids get to celebrate, and we even did, uh, you know, an extra day of Christmas presents uh, after after Thanksgiving with all the kids, and it was a lot of fun, but I was just kind of dragging. I was just kind of thinking to myself, oh, woe is me. And then I was preparing for this sermon, and I'm like, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. That we have hope in Christ Jesus, our Savior, now and in eternity. He has destroyed all dominion, all authority, and all powers here on the earth. And, and my experience from this week and my experience in preparing for this message and the reality of what Christ's word commands in our life did not mesh well. When we read our Bibles, this is so often the case, that the Bible creates in us a cognitive dissonance. It creates an experiential gap where our lives do not reflect what actual reality, according to the Word of God, has to tell us. So what do we do with that? Do we say, my experience is more important, therefore God's Word is diminished? My hope is that's not the case for you. My hope is that that's not the case for me this week, but rather that my experience of feeling down in the dumps and mopey and sorry for myself would be transformed to reflect the image of the new creation which Christ has prepared for me and all his people. Jesus Christ is king. So if Jesus Christ is king, if his victory has already been won, if he has died for my sins, if he has risen again so that I can have new life with him forever, how could I possibly mope about? How could I allow myself to get down in the dumps? How could I allow myself to reflect on the woe that is my life when there's so much joy and praising to be done, so much celebration of what our king has done? That's the human experience, isn't it? (laughs) Battling these two competing forces in our lives to praise and rejoice the king of kings and confronting the doldrums and the monotony and the simple daily pains 
that we experience in our lives. To me, that's what Christ the King Sunday is kind of all about. It's the last Sunday in the church year. We gather together. We celebrate what Christ is going to do in the future for us. And that gives us hope as we look to the future. And hope is certainly a good thing. Hope is something that we cling to in the here and now. But my contention today is that the power of King of Kings, the power of Christ the King, is not just a power to hope for for the future. Our reading today from 1 Corinthians 15 shows us this if we pay attention. It's not just a hope for the future. It certainly is that, and it's hope in droves, but it's also power for today. It's also a proclamation of what Christ is doing now for you, sitting right where you are, facing the pains, the struggles, the sufferings, the minutia, the, the monotony, those little moments of, of woe is me that you experience each and every day. Christ the King is for you. Isn't that amazing? The King of heaven and earth, the creator of the universe, the one who has destroyed our ultimate enemy, death, He's not some faraway monarch sitting on a throne in a grandiose capital city. He's your best friend. He's your beloved brother. He's the Savior who laid down his life for you. And he's also the king of the universe. When you, when you stop and pause and reflect on this truth, and if you allow that truth to impact like an iceberg the cognitive dissonance in your mind that this life and its pains and its struggles are constantly nagging at you, if you allow that truth that the king of the universe loves you personally, knows your name as a best friend knows your name, knows what's going on in your life like a trusted confidant knows what's going on in your life, it changes the way you face those daily doldrums. It changes the way you confront a, a common chest cold or death itself. Because if the king is your friend, if the king is for you, if the king of kings, the most powerful being who ever existed, is on your side, what ailment, what threat of pain, of, of struggle, of death itself could ever truly grasp you? and pluck you away from him. Nothing. Nothing can, and nothing will, and so he is a God of hope for the future, certainly, but he is a God in the present today, a king working in this world for you. So often we operate, and we walk around, and we live our lives as if though it's just another day. But in reality, it is a day where the king of the universe is walking right by your side saying, how shall we face this day together? How shall we overcome the challenges of this day together? How should we benefit the neighbor together? How shall we walk more deeply in the word together? That changes the way we face each new day when we consider the fact that the king of the universe 
is right by our side. You guys probably know the song Amazing Grace, don't you? The Amazing Grace was written by a pastor who wasn't always a pastor, a man named John Newton. He was actually in the Royal Navy. And before that, he was actually the... Um, he was actually commissioned on a boat that brought slaves on the slave trade across the ocean. And he wrote that song, Amazing Grace, right, to kind of share the feelings and the thoughts he had about how Christ was like someone who had set him free from the slavery of sin. And we know that song very well. I'm actually going to refer to a section or a portion of a song that he wrote that's not Amazing Grace. It's a different one. It's called Come My Soul With Every Care. And I think this song very well reflects this nature of facing each new day, walking beside the king of the universe, the one who has conquered death, the one who has gained eternity and has locked it in place for your benefit, who has prepared a place for you to dwell with him forever. He says this in the song. He says, Come, my soul, with every care. Jesus loves to answer prayer. He himself has bid thee pray, therefore will not turn away. And listen to this verse closely. Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with you bring. For his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. We have a, a God, a king, a friend, a brother, seated on the throne of heaven, master over all creation, the universe itself. And we feel like we can't come to him and pray the things that are burdening our hearts. We don't want to fill up his inbox with our petty little askings, so we fail to ask. We think that Jesus is too busy confronting real things, big things, challenging things in the world to ever consider our things. And so we fail to pray. King of Kings, Christ the King Sunday invites us to be people that walk with God daily in our prayers in our actions, and in the way we, we live our lives in the world. See, the thing that's also a cognitive dissonance about Christians today, and I include myself in this, is we come in and we proclaim the power of Christ on Sunday morning, and then Sunday afternoon we turn on the TV, and we hear about what's going on in, in Israel and Gaza. We hear about what's going on in Ukraine. We hear what's going on in East St. Louis and in West County St. Louis. And we hear what's going on in our own neighborhoods. And we see what's going on in our own houses. And we say, what can fix this? The world is too far down the drain. This can never truly be fixed. Or, or we say the opposite. We got to get to work. We've got to clean this place up. We've got to fix everything. That's not, that's not Christ's plan. Christ's plan is to bring all things under his feet. Christ's plan is to put all of this brokenness to an end once and for all as he puts sin six feet under the ground, as he puts death itself six feet under the ground, as he puts the powers of this corrupt 
world under his feet. And as he establishes a new heaven and a new earth, where the brokenness that perpetuates these, these cycles of, of destruction and, and greed and sinfulness within our own societies and our own families and our own lives, it'll be put to death once and for all. And then, in the place of all of these, these broken things that we see around us, we won't worry about what's on the news. We won't worry about what's going on in our neighborhoods. We won't have concern for the brokenness in our own families because none of that will exist. All that will exist is the relationship we have with Christ, the King of the universe, our friend, our brother, our Savior, and with those who are also his beloved brothers and sisters as well. And that is the hope for the future, but that is also a present reality here in this place. We get to sit next to people who are brothers and sisters of that same king of the universe. We get to worship and celebrate what the king of the universe does in small ways in the here and now to transform the brokenness of this sinful world. We get to join him in being active in relieving the pain and the suffering caused by the brokenness of this world in the lives of our neighbors. And we get to see all these things and we get to step out each new day and the the king of the universe who steps right beside you says, how should we face this brand new day together? Certainly our future is, is a wonderful one. Certainly when Christ comes again to establish his dominion over all things once and for all, as the scripture says, all knees will bow and every tongue confess in heaven, here on earth, and under the ground that Jesus Christ is the king, that he's Lord over all things. The difference will be on that day there will be some knees which are bowed because they have to be. There will be some knees that will be bowed out of fear about what this powerful king will do. And there will be some knees that will be bowed because they will say, that's my friend, that's my brother, that's my savior. That's the one in whom I've put all of the trust and staked my whole life on. That's Jesus. He's the king of the universe. And at that name, we will bow happily and joyfully, acknowledging that all things have been put under his feet and that we are the beneficiaries of his new rule and reign. That day will be a happy day for us, friends. It will be a wonderful day because in that moment, we will know that the trust that we put in Christ when we face the pain and the monotony and the struggles and the ongoing pain and and worries of this life, when we put all of that on him, he did not turn away from us. He took it all onto himself. And we'll know that our trust was well-placed. We will know that even though the world scorned us when we put our trust in him, when they laughed at us, when we, when we smiled through death and sickness and pain, when we prayed through struggle, and when we put our confidence in someone that you can't see, touch, taste, or feel, they will know on that day, the same way we will, that our confidence, our prayers, our trusts were well placed. And so walk 
and, and act and pray boldly because your friend Jesus is king of heaven and earth, master of the whole universe. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have called us this day to be your people, to put our trust and our hope into you. We pray that you, O Lord, King of the universe, although you are mighty, powerful, almost infinite, actually infinite in your majesty, we know that you still consider us to be your brothers and friends. We don't know why you consider us this way other than out of your own love. And so we thank you, and we continue to put our trust and our hope in you. We pray this in Jesus' holy and precious name, King of the universe, Alpha and Omega, King of kings. In your name we pray, amen.